I'll overthink it. Like if I see somebody else overthinking, I'll be like, you're overthinking it, but I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to overthink it. So I need somebody else to tell me I'm overthinking it. You know what I mean? Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. We talk about our favorite records. Talking Records Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Thank you all for listening. You showed up to the right place. Chad and his friends dive deep and analyze the records we have grown to love. We'll tell you how we found the band. Track by track, breakdown of all the songs. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a seat. Today we'll look at another record in its entirety. Hello, what's up everyone? My name is Jed and you're listening to the Talking Records Podcast. I've been a huge fan of music since before I can remember. I love knowing the backstories on how my favorite albums were made and so I started this podcast. I've done a whole bunch of episodes on albums I grew up on, so today I'm going to dive into an album that I'm just getting into. Someday I'll look back and say, my memory of getting into this album is having the chance to talk to the guy who made it. And of course, to talk with Mr. Dan Schaefer, Dan of Apid, today I am joined by Mr. Jay Prozac. How's it going, Jay? Hey, Jed. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. It's it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Uh, This is really exciting. (laughs) (laughs) i'm really excited to talk to dan in a moment jay i'm hoping we can get into a little bit of his band history i'm hoping we can find out more about this great album and talk with him about you know his world of music but first i'm really interested jay if you could give me the quick on how did you arrive at the music of dan vapid like what's your what's your what's your entry point how'd you get to how'd you get here you know I was into Screeching Weasel, which a band yeah. that Dan, Dan was in. Of course. Uh, in the, the mid-90s, someone said, hey, this is a band, handed me a CD. It was the band Sludgeworth. And he said, hey, this is one of the guys from Screeching yeah. Weasel. You're going to love this, Shay. And I fell in love with it. And that's that's where I started getting a connection to Dan Vapid. In that same mix, the Riverdales were happening. Wow. Okay, there's another guy singing with Ben. I hadn't gone full circle with uh, with Dan Vapid, but I was catching on at this one guy in Screeching Weasel seemed to have a lot of other things going on, and I really dug his songs. 1999, his band The Mopes the put Mopes, out an EP yes. and then an album, and I fell head over heels in love, and I had a light bulb hit me. It's one of the, you know, over the years you have a record different points in time where something really made an impact and the Mopes accident waiting to happen album is one of my top five of my entire music life that made an impact. Yeah. I love that album. (laughs) I followed Dan intently to this day. Yeah. It's kind of been a musical love affair ever since. That's awesome. And how'd you get to know Dan? Um, you know, it's funny. I've, I've run into Dan, couple times in the past and uh i didn't really get to know him uh i'm gonna say 2000 it was 2001 i drove with a friend to uh pittsburgh to see the methadones Mm. they just put out ill at ease they were playing with the parasites i believe and me and my buddy got stuck in a snowstorm for about eight hours oh man (laughs) missed the show we showed up while the methadones were loading out Oh. I didn't take my opportunity. I was very starstruck. I, yeah. I, I, we helped them load out, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" I just helped like Dan Vapid from like Screeching Weasel and Methodons and the Mopes mm-hmm. load out their gear. <laughs> Fast forwarded a few years, I was around Dan at insubordination festivals uh, down in Baltimore in the mid two thousands, and for some reason, I hung out with Ben Weasel. I hung out with Doctor Frank. I'd hang out with Kepi Gooley. And I was nervous and afraid to even talk to Dan. <laughs> Seriously, it was crazy. After that, I wound up uh, catching up with him online, and we started having conversations occasionally. Very small, you know, but we we had a couple of really nice talks, and uh, I sent him some music, and he took the time to listen to it and give me feedback. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's kind of it's kind of been that way, and I uh, got to see him play with the method or the mopes a 
few years back for John Jughead's birthday party show in Chicago. Mm. We had pizza. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, we had pizza and hung out. And then, <laughs> you know, so it's just kind of been an off and on contact with him. That's rad. Yeah, it's amazing to uh, get to be friends at any level with the people you really look up to. And he's one of the stand-up dudes out there that you're – what you hope out of a hero is what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely – you know, it's like meeting your heroes can be scary, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. And when they turn out to be really genuine, nice guys, you're like, all right. It's awesome, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's cool, Jay. For me, it was the Riverdales. I mean, I remember they opened for Green Day back on that, that 95 tour – and I just right. thought that uh, the, the Riverdales were great. And I had the Angus soundtrack and Back to You was on it. And I just, I loved that song. I remember I used to play that song over and over again. You know, I loved the Riverdales. I loved the the half that, that Dan was singing on. I just kind of always followed his trajectory, picked up a couple of those Riverdales records. And I uh, eventually learned about the Mopes and the Methadones. And I was like, how many bands is this guy in, you know? Right. <laughs> Yeah. And the great thing was noise by numbers, you know, all, all these groups and they were all great. They all had great songs. The cheats came along and they just had so many good songs. I'm like, this guy just, you know, it's like zapping amazing songs from his fingertips. And I, I've said this to you before, Jay, you, you've, you've heard me say this, right? I feel like anything Dan touches just is like is gold, you know, you know way before <laughs> I knew strong you, songwriter, way before I knew you, Jed, I, I use those. I've always said that he was the golden had the, the golden touch of a uh, punk rock. Yeah, he's just got a way like his he's got a, like the tone of his voice is great, the songwriting is great, the way he connects the the lyrics to the the style of music that he's playing, it all just works for me. I just I think that he's got just such a, a phenomenal body of work. Yeah, he never lets up. He's very consistent and he like he spreads his wings. Yeah, I I can't say that there's a bad song I've ever heard him heard him play on, sing on. Yeah. Right. Well, that's awesome, Jay. I say we get into it. Let's uh let's let's talk to Dan. All right, sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. We are joined by Dan from Dan Vapid and the Cheats. How's it going, Dan? It's going. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Jay Prozac is here. This is an honor. So we wanted to yeah. have you on the podcast, Dan, because we are just super thrilled about your new album, Escape Velocity. It's definitely one of my most listened to records of 2021. I just loved it. So congratulations to start. Right such, a, such a strong album. Hell yeah. I'm glad that you liked it. Uh, thank you. So we're just going to ask you a ton of questions about it and uh, learn a little bit more about this album. Yeah, let's go for it. What do you got for me? So Dan, you uh, have a great ear for melody. And I'm, I'm curious, Like, so what are some of your influences? What are some of the bands that you grew up on that you kind of kind of like hone that craft on yeah i can i can take that question in a couple different ways i'll go I'll, like i was really love love music from like one about time i was like maybe five years old like my dad played a lot of music my dad played my dad played in a band in the 60s he played he had a guitar he had uh i think he had a drum set when i was super little if i'm not mistaken you know so he used to strum a little bit around the house he played a lot of music he like you know, basically the stuff from the 60s. There was a kid across the street that had an older brother and he had uh, a Kiss record and a David Bowie record and he played it for me and the, the Kiss record just blew my doors off. Or like yeah. the, the David Bowie record I thought was good, but I was like, no, but it's not as good as Kiss. <laughs> right? I don't know why. I'm like five years old, right? And so... Um, and that was kind of like the first time I remember going, wow, man, this is, this is, cr I really, really like this, mm -hmm. you know, whatever this thing is. And I saw my dad had like, you know, records and stuff like that. So I would look through them, you know, a lot of it was fucking garbage, but there was some stuff that was pretty cool. Like the Rolling Stones. And I remember the who being in there and stuff oh, like nice. that. So maybe fast forward, maybe six months, a, a year later, this is kind of a funny story in and of itself as well. But 
maybe not even that it could have been like a month later but you know time is when you're that little but like mm -hmm. the guy that uh came up with the screech and weasel logo his name is paul russell he lived around the corner from me so it was about five or six years old and i was at his house and i was listening to the first kiss record with him i remember going fuck and that was like maybe the second time that i had heard it and it, it, it just had a big impact. So then like the babysitter would come, you know, when my parents would go like, you know, on date night or whatever, like on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday night or whatever. And I would beg my babysitter to go get her kiss records. And she yeah. would say, well, you know, if you run to my house and get them, I, that's, that's okay. Just tell my mom that, that you're here to get the kiss records. So I would, I would run to her house at the end of the block, get the, get the kiss records, come back, play the kiss records all night. So that was kind of, that was the first thing, you know, mm -hmm. it was them, the bands like the Beatles, the Rolling Stone, not, not the Rolling Stones as much, but the Beatles, the beach boys bands like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't like, Oh really? No, no, this is funny. I just didn't like, so kiss led, to more hard rock acdc mm -hmm. came after that you know so then i was super into acdc got this thing on my wall here oh nice you can see nice. Uh, the little the little paintings that's kind of uh my uh, guitar player simon he he painted that for me that's so cool. he was another kind of like childhood hero but you know then acdc and those bands led to uh eventually led to of course other metal judas priest iron maiden scorpions which led to metallica and metallica for me was a game changer i was like holy shit so i was about 13 at the time it's like what the fuck is holy crap but then i was like they're wearing like these shirts by the misfits who's the punk rock yeah my shit punk rock well, fuck, if they like it, I, I got to hear this, you know? So <laughs> then I'm listening to the Misfits and I'm going, whoa, this is pretty badass, mm -hmm. you know? So the Misfits led to Minor Threat, which led to the Dead Kennedys, which led to the Circle Jerks, which led to Black Flag, which led to, eventually led to the Ramones. And when I heard the Ramones, I was like, that was another game changer because it was like they were the band that um, – I was like, shit, it's all the stuff. It's, it's, it's what I really like about music. Like, I like that they have, like, these really great hooks. You know, they have these great melodies and hooks, but they're, they're ballsy, you know? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like the big, loud guitar rock stuff. They're in your face, and they're, they're kind of funny, and, and they're kind of, at the same time, talking about, like, I don't know, just, like, cool stuff. Like, I want to be sedated. I'm like, yeah, I get that, because... You know, I was a kid that had panic attacks, you know, from, mm. you know, 13 years old. So, like, I kind of understood that. I was like, yeah, I want to be sedated, too. You know what I mean? I was like, mm -hmm. fuck it. And so it just really hit me hard. So, you know, the, the Ramones for me led to wanting to take a band a little more seriously. That was a big one for me as well. And then after that, like, you know, when you hear the Ramones, then, you know, when you're in your you have uh, all like the string of punk rock bands that I just named before that. Then you start going back again further. You're like, well, the Ramones, they like, you know, they cut. and then there's the Iggy and the Stooges or the New York Dolls. And then there's like, you know, then you start thinking about Chuck Berry or like, you know, like, well, what were they thinking of? You know, what are the Ramones thinking about? Like, what are they into? So yeah. now I want to hear what they're into. And so like now I'm listening to everything that they listen to. And I'm picking the Ramon brain, you know what I mean? And then from there, you know, I'm finding maybe they like, say, Buddy Holly. And I'm like, well, Buddy Holly, he likes Hank Williams. Well, well now I want to hear Hank Williams. So like, it just keeps <laughs> going and going and going. And, and I see a common thread through all of it that I really think is, at least I think I, think I do anyway, that, that, kind of is, that kind of goes from hank williams to buddy holly to to chuck berry to the beatles to to the ramones and and and, and onwards it's kind of a long answer i just gave you there but like uh, yeah those were those were the big big game changers you know 
Naked Ray Gun were another one because they were for, they were a Chicago band and they had that they had that quality too. You know, big big anthems. They were a punk band, but they had these cool like mm. really hooky choruses and just I was like, it's kind of a funny thing because half of me like really likes hard rock and like metal stuff, but the other half of me really likes poppy stuff. I have a so I have a big big soft spot for a well-crafted hook and i mm-hmm. think i always have since i was a little kid and like so, regardless of genre it, yeah i mean and, and, and i think i would even kind of deny it when i was growing up as a kid i'd hear something on the radio i'm like i can't i can't say i like <laughs> that you know what i mean but i kind of <laughs> did you know what i mean yeah so the remotes sure. are kind of good balance for that with me you know, mm-hmm. so that I think that's that's kind of where that's kind of what what will pull me into a band like that. And like at that, you know, back then too, when like first was playing in bands, like um, you know, there wasn't a lot of people that wanted to do that kind of thing. It really wasn't that popular, really. But um, I was like, fuck, I don't, I don't care. I think that's like this is like kind of where it's at. Now I absolutely love the fucking Beatles and Beach Boys. I was going to ask <laughs> if your love for the Ramones led you back to the Beatles and the Beach Boys. And I didn't, and you know, and, and oddly enough, I didn't, like, I couldn't stand Bob Dylan. And now I love Bob Dylan. I love, mm. like, I, it's it's crazy. Like, a lot of that stuff, I'm like, growing up, I just, I guess when I was a kid, I just wanted stuff that was really harder. But I wanted that hook, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm a weird dude. You know, I admit it, so um, that's kind of the story. Well, you know, I think it's obvious in your music that you're a big fan of a widespread of music, so that's why I asked. There's probably a lot of that on this new record as well. Like, it's just, like, try not to, I don't know, like, kind of getting to that point in my life where I'm just like, you know, like, there's an, the, the last, say, the last song on the record, it was kind of like an alt-country song. I'm like, well, fuck it, I like that. On the stoop, I wait for you under a sky of midnight blue. Dark clouds drifting past the moon. Well, like, I yeah. don't care. Like, I, you know, I know I'm not known for that, but mm. I just, I'm at the point where I just simply, I just, if it sounds cool to me, I'm going to do it. That's it. So, Dan, what is your songwriting process like? Are you a sit-down-and-write guy, or do you catch ideas and lyrical bits as you go about your day? You were mentioning before we hit the record button that you kind of drive around your, and, and, you know, your job and <laughs> think of song ideas. But tell us a little bit more about your songwriting process. I'm always working on something, but it's usually... A lot of ideas strike me when I'm not around instruments. So I have to like hum them into a phone or I write words down into my phone or whatever. Usually it's a, a song just kind of something just pops in my head, you know, and it's kind of like uh, when you're tuning in the radio, like, uh, you know, you're tuning in the dial and something kind of is there. I guess it's a similar kind of thing. Like it's, it, it just kind of one day it's just uh and this kind of happens a lot, actually. I shouldn't say one day. It, it pretty regularly, it just it just something's there, and then I know if I keep kind of digging at it, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, unearth it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Unlodge it. Yeah. The the thing about it too is um, I really really love doing it, so I always want to be doing it, mm. even if the songs are painful even if the songs are really sad or whatever, like it's still done out of love. Totally understand that. Yeah. You know, you, you're pushing through and all your, whatever the emotion is, the heart, the heart of it's always kind of the same because you care about it. Yeah. 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 I it's, you care about it and you have to do it. It could be like something that's fictional or it can be something that's not fictional it, you know, it could even be something that's kind of funny. It, it's all, or it could be something really serious. At the end of the day, I just really enjoy doing it. I think that's why after like all these years, you know, like I'm, uh, 
well, I'm here talking about it. You know, I mean, I guess if I didn't really love it as much, I don't know what I would be doing, you know, maybe, uh, maybe playing every once in a while or something. I'm not sure. I always want to be making new music and that's just, it's part of who I am, you know? It's not something you hide either <laughs> with how prolific you are and all the, all the projects that you do and the expansion. Yeah. I mean, I'm very personally invested in your your music career and your music. You know, one of my big curiosities is really when it comes to a, a specific project you're doing, you know, how do you really differentiate like maybe where a song is going? Are you are you usually focused on one particular project at a time? You know, I'm writing for Noise by Numbers. I'm doing a Riverdale's. I'm doing. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, no, that's no, a great question. It's just say with with the band like noise by numbers i wrote all the songs with the guitar player jeff like like those songs just kind of wouldn't sound the same without his guitar playing it's kind of the big thing with that band so like if, when we got together it wouldn't have sounded the same without me either you know what i mean but like it, it's definitely right. his guitar playing is a, is a is a big factor there there would be times when like just uh, something would pop out at me and I'm like, oh, that's not a noise by number song though. You know, that's, mm. I don't know what that is. You know, I have a lot of stuff, you know, to this that just been over the years, just sitting on the back burner, man, because it just didn't find a home on a record, you know, right. and they're cool tunes too. But like, I just, they just kind of didn't quite fit. Mm, you know, they're yeah. like the, uh, right. they're the misfits, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping to like put them out though, eventually through all throughout, throughout the years, even from when I was pretty young, like 19, 20 years old and stuff like that. I still think about them every once in a while. I I'm, I'm hoping to kind of, kind of do that at some point. All, all, all the stuff that never made it on record. It might be a weird record, but you know what, whatever. So, you know, so now you're, you, you're holding on to songs for years, trying to find a place maybe. So, and I understand it completely. And um, do, you, do you write, sometimes you feel like an attachment, like a, maybe one song landed in another project that you felt should have been somewhere else. Somewhere else, and, maybe. And maybe, uh, maybe it hurts you or bothers you or. Um, the only thing I can think of, I had a song and Screeching Weasel did it, and I ended up doing it in the mopes later because I did. I, we can clean. Yeah, yeah. It just was just like, no, that's not it. You know what I mean? Mm. It just wasn't. I don't know if this answers your question again, but uh, I, I'll, I'll I'll mention it anyway. Like I know you know the mopes, and like you know that time when I had all those mope songs was way before the mopes. It was like around the time when Anthem for a New Tomorrow was coming out. Right. You know, and I remember Ben asking me, he's like, do you have anything? I'm like, well, I have this, this and that and the other and back to you and all these other songs. And it doesn't fit on this record, man. You know, I'm like, you got your thing and I'm, I kind of got a different vibe here. And I think we right. should just kind of go with what I, I had a couple ideas for the record, but I just kind of let, you know, it was one of those things. I just kind of thought he should just kind of kind of go with it. Because it wasn't like that for the, you know, the the two records, you know, before that. So, you know, yeah. it, did, it wasn't going to really work for an album like that. I mean, can you imagine Ben singing like a song like Back to You on Anthem for a New Tomorrow? I mean, I can, right. you know what I mean? But that's just, that was what was going on at the time. I'm like, dude, like, I think we need to separate some stuff here. You know what I mean? Right. It's just it's uh, not going to. And I, I felt that I'm like, I just not, I don't think he's going to, I just don't think he had the voice for it either for a song like that. And, and that's not a knock. Please don't like take it that way. I just well, think it's just, uh, it just was like, I, I just didn't hear his voice for that either at the, like the stuff that he was coming up with. I'm like, that's what he, that's what the record should right. be like, you know what I mean? Now, and I should I'm be sorry. doing this, you know? So that was kind of the way. Now the the method so the methadones was a that was also before everything right you kind of had the methadones idea started yeah 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 and, I had the methadones and like it just 
I couldn't really find people. And so all those songs I was just like that were eventually ended up Moat songs and Riverdale songs initially were, I was all using them in the methadones because they didn't fit Screeching Weasel. I'm like, well, you know, I want an outlet for this, you know? So I was, I was doing that and that was really hard to kind of get going. Like for whatever reason, I was just struggling finding the right musicians for it. And it was just an ongoing thing. And then eventually I was asked to join the Riverdales by then because they had like a, a female bass player and it wasn't working out. It was just like, well, you know, I want to sing my own songs. He's like, why don't you sing your songs and I'll sing mine. I'm like, That's how we kind of decided to do that. Um, you know, kicking back into the band, like the different bands, you have Sludgeworth. Mm -hmm. How exactly did Sludgeworth play out? It was like in 89. We went on tour with Screeching Weasel. Yeah. And we came back and it was like, all right, I guess, you know, I'm breaking up or whatever. Like, all right, well, I knew I, I mean, I'm 19 years old. I, I want to play. You know what I mean? I had uh, just guys that were like in this hardcore band that I was talking to at the time. They're like, yeah, you know, I really like the stuff that Screeching Weasel's doing. I really like the Descendants and like they were, you know, kind of just saying stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm the same way. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you guys like Naked Riggins. Like, yeah, we love Naked Riggins. You know, I'm like, well, you know, I would like to do something like that. We got together. I had a song. I kind of showed them the song. We throwed it together. And from there, we just started kind of collaborating at band practice. And it, it, you know, it just kind of, it took sh shape from there, you know, and it, it was more like that band, like they, those guys, they weren't really like big into say the Ramones like I was, they were more into like, like they liked Jawbreaker a lot, Naked Reagan a lot, stuff like that. Um, it, it's not like they didn't like the Ramones. They did. I just liked them more, I guess. But like, we kind of had a thing where, we had a lot of bands that we liked in common and were able to kind of forge a sound. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, a, it's similar to noise by numbers in that sense too, where it's just like we, like Jeff and I had a lot of bands that we like in common. We probably disagree on some, but like we kind of are able to kind of come together in a certain area and kind of make it, make something happen. Yeah. Well, Sled doesn't stand out. It's a standout for me. It's a standout uh, bit of music in your your catalog. You know, it's a it's always a wonder. You know, like again, you're talking about noise by numbers. The what really makes it above your songwriting, the collaboration mm. with a certain player makes that band yep. really. No, I felt out. I felt the same with Sludgeworth too. Like the guitar player of that band was really freaking good. You know, we just. We played a lot, you know, like we would rehearse like three times a week. Like I was kind of like back then, I was kind of like a little drill sergeant, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, we're not doing it again. You know what I mean? I was one of those. But you know what? It, it, it like, it really, it really did pay off. Like we really kind of uh, did pretty well. Yeah. We were only banned for three years, which uh, it seems like we're around longer, but like, we did we did pretty well in those three years. So that's awesome. So Dan, getting a sense of your your process and the, the way you sort of you know work songs in different areas, it leads me to my first question about escape velocity. I get the sense that a lot of these songs are connected uh, or carry like a common theme. Was that intentional? That is intentional. All right. Yeah, no, that was very very intentional. What I did for this record is something different than than any other record that I that I've, I've ever made is I wrote um, a short story first oh. and I made it about three people when I was done as soon as I had the what's the why's the where's the all that filled in and I knew who these people were the songs just started flying out oh that's amazing uh, it's also like one of the first records in long time i mean really long time probably since like early 90s or something where 
I had lyrics before the music. That's something that oh. almost never happens. Interesting. I almost always have music first and then lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm almost always trying to fit lyrics to the music. But this, I had lyrics first. I was just jotting shit down. And then I'd pick up my guitar and something would just happen. You know, and I was like, wow, actually these, I really like this song and the lyrics are better <laughs> because I wrote the words first, you know what yeah. I mean? No, I don't really recommend that approach all the time, but I mean, sometimes it, 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 it works, you know? So, um, this after you, so you, you can't, you kind of have the characters first in yeah. the theme. So that probably really helped that process of bringing them because you, yeah. your focal point was I'm writing about these people yep. in this thing. So that's really cool. It's from th- the, persp- uh, I should say too, if I didn't, um, sorry, I'm like thinking of so many things right now. It, it's a perspective too of three different people. So it's coming from them. So this is the perspective of the guy getting left. This is the perspective of the woman leaving. This is the perspective of the guy that's convinced in the woman to leave. So um, you have three different perspectives. So so to uh, answer your original question, yeah, they're definitely, and, and every song is connected. You know, there's a couple on there where it might sound like they're not, but they are. Well, kudos, you did a great job. <laughs> All right, thank you. Dan, the album was recorded at Encapsulated Studios in St. Louis, Missouri. What drew you there? Well, my band is is now in, um, pretty much based in St. Louis. I live like about forty five minute drive from the studio. No, oh, I'm in southern That's southern convenient. Illinois. I mean, I'm originally from Chicago, mm. uh, but I lived down here now for seven years. You know, I, I met my drummer, who's also runs the studio. He plays in a bunch of bands as well. He plays in horror section. The, he's the drummer and he plays in a bunch of other like local bands in St. Louis and he runs the studio. Great guy, Gabe. Yeah. So my drummer is also the engineer. Just had a session today, actually. Oh, excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I should have another album this summer. So. Oh, wow. Oh, looking super forward to that. Look at that. Yep. So you've got, you've got Gabe working the controls. That's worked for you in the past. So what, what does he bring to the table that you, you like to use him? What I like about Gabe is he's got, well, he's got a great ear and he's getting, he plays, not only does he play drums, but he, he, you know, he plays guitar and he plays bass and he's, he's pretty well rounded as a musician in general, but he also like me and we're, we're not the exact same either. You know, like we differ on certain things but like me he also kind of likes a wide range of stuff and we we agree on all kinds of stuff you know we agree more than we disagree on a band say (laughs) that's important you know (laughs) like i might really like say i don't know maybe like like i i come from the you know a a background of the ramones more than he does but like Mm. we would agree like on about a thousand other bands not that he doesn't like the ramones he does but you know Mm. just uh it's just the to the level you know it's at a different level so i don't know he just pulls out different stuff you know what i mean and like and because he's versatile i like i really like working with him he's got a really good ear and he's super easy going you know Uh, so like so i got that too you guys practice at the studio i would imagine yeah yeah, I um, what we did is um, recording now. Uh, all the drum tracks are done. I did about I think eight guitar tracks today, and I just showed him songs right there in the studio. I didn't, we just played them, and I'm like, he wanted to practice a bunch. I'm like, I don't think you really need it. Honestly, I, I just don't. I think <laughs> I, from our last record, I, I thought like his best stuff was this stuff early on. Mm. I noticed this about a lot of musicians, actually. Like they, <laughs> they overthink stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, I was say. it's like, it, you know, there's a, the beat poets had an expression, you know, first thought, right thought. It's like in a lot of cases, that's true, man, especially mm. with musicians, like the stuff that they think of without before they start thinking a lot is usually the best stuff. 
Right. You know what I mean? Because they're just Go kind of playing. They're in that zone. And then they start thinking about shit. And then it just kind of goes back <laughs> to the toilet. You know, it's like, and you need, to, you need to think. You know, I'm not saying to throw your brain out the window. But, right. you know, like you got to, you just got to kind of get in the, the spirit of the song. And I think yeah. a lot of times musicians do that right away. And their best stuff, not always. It, it's not like a, it's not a rule like I have of everybody, you know, there's some people that it takes them a while to get there. You know, right. other, a lot of musicians though, I think they play their best shit early on. They, it, it like, it doesn't improve after a certain point, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I, I told him, I said, I, I think I, I always like your, your almost all the time. I like your original takes. I said, you should just, go out and bang it out we did it he likes it i like it That's you know great. so i was right i knew i was right anyway i i could <laughs> i could tell but like it was just you know just like you don't need to think about this to death like we can mm. just go in we can play it you can get comfortable we can flush it out right here right now and it's going to be fine yeah we're all pretty excited about it so and that's more that's or less how it worked on Escape Velocity as well. You just kind of went in and with that we did more or... rehearsing beforehand, yeah. and and I, that's kind of what made me take this session a little differently. It was just mm. kind of like I don't know, it just kind of like we'll try it this way, try it this way, try like and, mm. and all that's good, and I want to hear it all. You know, I want to hear different opinions because I know what I'm thinking. I don't know what somebody else is thinking. I want the best option possible. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the best option possible? There are times too, where it's just kind of like, you know what in your gut that you're just beating a dead horse. You know what I mean? <laughs> Time to reel it in yeah, and go with the, go with the thing that, that works instead of going with the thing that, that's magical that doesn't exist. Yeah, you don't want to beat you the know, life out of it. Instead of like swinging for the fence, why don't you get a base hit and go to first base? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? We Definitely. can either get on first base or we can fucking strike out here by trying to like <laughs> fucking hit, you know, trying to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Let's get on base. You know, how many musicians can't even write a song and get in the studio and record it and ever finish them? Because they can't get past that, what you're well, saying. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think it's just I don't think it's just the musician. You know, it's the, the you know recording engineers can do sure. the same thing. Yeah. You oh, can yeah. mix sure. something. You know, you can mix something for twenty years if you want. You could always find something. You just it's a, there's a big thing that's got to be a gut check. You know, like you kind of go yeah. okay. And, you know, not to mention, like, there's always, like, little things, like, little flaws that are on records that are kind of actually kind of cool, you know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. I know, like, the Rolling Stones have it a lot, you know? Like, this stuff that's just kind of like, what the fuck, man, you know? But, like, right. but it makes it more time, organic. It just sound, if it sounds right, it is right, you know? It's mm. not a science. Yeah. It's, it's art. It doesn't have to be exact. That's what's great about it. You know, right. it doesn't have to be perfect. It should be close, but it doesn't have to be. You always have a little bit of room for interpretation and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> right. So, I like that. Yeah. Anyway. Right. COVID, through the breaks on the sessions, the album sat for over a year. Did stepping away from it change the direction at all? Were changes made after sitting on the material for so long, or was it pretty much left as is? No, I was left as is because it yeah. started off with an idea that I wanted to finish to the end. And so, so much had changed after, during and the pandemic. And so much that, you know, I, I could write fucking forever about so much to say on, on, on so many things that, that happened. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to finish what I started. And so when we got back and I hadn't seen my engineer for a whole year. I hadn't seen Simon, my guitar player for a year. I don't think I saw Dylan either for a year. I didn't see anybody, nobody for 
it was like isolation for so crazy. For yeah, the world's going to pause for <laughs> a year. Yep. Um, I wrote a lot, but I, I, you know, during that time, like in 2020, I, I was pretty much just reading like fucking mad more than writing songs. I was just mm-hmm. constantly absorbing news just because there's just so much going on that year. Yeah. So you deliver mail. So you obviously you had to work. Yep. Mm. Couldn't totally isolate from the world. That's kind of a, yeah, a big one being they're doing that. Well, I mean, I do live in a small town down here. Yeah. You know, I'm a city kid living in a small town now. The post office that I work for is small. It's got six people in there, and there's enough social distancing and all that. And when when you're delivering mail, you're not really up close to people really that much. Right. So I never caught COVID, thankfully. You know, um, I also didn't play a lot. I didn't play at all. I haven't played since uh, 2019. I haven't played a show. I'm looking forward to playing again for sure. I bet. <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time, yeah, a long like time to be uh, isolation. and yeah. yeah. Going your your project to project, I feel like you can always, you can all, especially the methadones, the mopes, the Riverdales, and the cheats. It's really, it really, from a fan perspective, you know, you can feel bits of that throughout everything. And I think that's a common thread in your songwriting. I'm guessing it took a little while for the cheats to kind of maybe grow into its own, maybe have, uh, getting through carrying over material. Yeah. No, no, that's a, no, that's a good observation, I think, because the first record that we did was there's a bunch of songs on there that I wanted to be Riverdale songs. And then the band broke up. And so I had a bunch of songs and I just kind of rode that wave, you know, of, of songwriting. And then by the time the second record came on, it was kind of there by the time. And then I went a long time without doing anything because we're having kids and we're moving and we're like, and so like, I didn't, record i was writing all the time but i didn't record for a really long time like right a couple years you know it's just kind of which is uh seems kind of crazy to me when i look back at it but it was it was a couple years you know by the time i got back i was you know just kind of um it, it just kind of evolved i think you know what i mean it, yeah that's yeah, it, weird like it's like you know like you were talking about earlier like you know some songs don't fit like you might get an idea but it doesn't seem to fit the band that you're playing in you know that's kind of like my story as a musician like pretty consistently right you know and so and it's always kind of been that way and like now like I, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore. If it doesn't sound like, I don't care. Like it, my band now is going to be a, a conglomeration of all of it. Because right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, Why not? Pivot, Why like not? I'm not, I'm not going to like do that thing anymore. And I, I, I understand why I used to do it, but I'm not going to do it from here on now. I just, I'm just not. I think it's like, if I like it, I'm just going to do it. That's sad. Right. You know, my, my, my kind of thoughts, like dealing with that sort of same thing over the years. And um, you said it with the, the, the last song on your new album, you know, it's got that mm-hmm. country twang and you know where you're like, this isn't what I'm known for. And this right. isn't kind of what I do, but you know what? My thoughts are, it's only that way because you haven't done it yet. Yeah, and I have another song on there. It was the single "Runaway Jane." I knew when I wrote it, I'm like, okay, well, I like it. I don't know if the punk pop pop punk kids are gonna like it, but hey, you know, whatever. You know, what can you do? I'm like, I, I just, I, I just, honestly, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, I want, I want people to like it. 
I really do. But like, if they don't, then they don't, you know? Well, I think I, I would think that's what keeps you going is if you know, it's, it's what you want to do. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're yeah. Behind it yourself, like who's going to let you down at the end of the day, really? Well, I, I think a, a lot of it too. I'm like, Hey, you know, it's not everything that you probably want to like some of the pop punk kids. Like, it's like not everything you're going to want to hear, but why don't you come and take, take a ride with me anyway? You know right. what I mean? I think yep. you'll like it. Then broaden your horizons a little bit, you know? I'm not telling you, like, don't listen to, like, the fucking Ramones or Screeching Weasel or the Queers anymore. What I'm telling you is, like, there's other bands out there that are good as well. So, like, you know, you know, kind of branch out a little bit. Um, it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, trust me, Joey Ramone liked all kinds of fucking stuff, too. That's okay? right. Yeah. Right. You know, there was so no Ramones it, before the Ramones. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, so that's kind of how I, I look at it. I don't know. So, yeah, I love, I, mean, I love how the branching out is. Uh, the new record, I know you, you have the theme lyrically, uh, right. musically, it really, uh, it ties in differently. It, it's, it's um, I can feel so much of your past influence really crammed in with the new the the new style some of those songs you've never heard personally i i, I popped it in i heard noise by numbers out of the gate oh wow. by, the time, by the time you got to the third track i could i could hear your solo records the the the, the couple the children's uh, themed albums oh, okay um musically i mean yeah you know, that's, that's crazy you know what i mean like but yeah i mean it's I don't know, all, all but, of it. You know, it just shows it's all you. It's, uh, you know, and I love the fact that you're saying, I can do whatever I want at this point. I don't give a shit. I write it. I'm going to do it. It's probably going to be so less mind-bending, letting yourself grow under under one roof. Well, the thing is, too, I, I think this may be an important thing to stress, is, like, it's not like saying, well, I don't play that anymore. No, 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 no. I always, I love the same shit I've always loved, but I've, I've, yeah. I've always loved other stuff as well. And so it's just kind of like giving it all one big hug. I think it's probably strange for a lot of people because like they hear like the Riverdales and they think, you know, well, how does he go from that to that? But in my mind, it makes complete fucking sense. Does that make sense to well, you? It makes 100% sense to me. Yeah, personally. like I think, like if you're on, uh, like I have to like look at it from their point of view. I'm like, God, it's got to seem so fucking far apart for them. But right. to me, it's it just seems really normal. I told Jed before uh, I talked to him yesterday, and I, I kind of was, uh, you know, I expressed to him that I'm like, you know what? I feel like I channel a lot of my my thoughts and ways of doing things um, personally with my own music. Obviously, not at your level. But it, um, the way I wanted to approach things from when I was playing in my early, you know, years ago, and I, I looked at you and Kepi Gooley were kind of my inspiration on how can you take your fire inside and take your, your happiness and your rage and take just what's always there and the people around you aren't really, you know, they come in, they come out. How yeah. do you do that? I'm like, I wish I was in Kepi's head and I was in Dan's head because mm -hmm. You know, and does it work? And, and does it work all the time? Or, you know, obviously you try different things, you do different things. You, what you just said was, is huge to me. The whole thing of being able to, you, you feel like, I guess, if, correct me if I'm wrong, it all comes from the same place, really. It does come from, it does. It does come from mm -hmm. the same place. And here's this, and God, I, and this is going to sound so fucking corny. Forgive me. I really, <laughs> Really forgive me here, what I'm about to say, but it comes from the heart. All of it. It comes from it comes from love, and it comes from the heart. That's that's in all of it. And if it if it comes out sounding dark, if it comes out sounding kind of upbeat and happy, if it comes out somewhere in between, it's all from that same place. Yeah. And I know, like it's you know, it's just being expressed in maybe a different way. Right. You no. Know, 
So yeah, I'm, I know I'm that was 100%. corny, but it's just the truth. It just the it just the it just is. You know. No, no. Let me get corny for a quick second too. I shouldn't be. I'm. I'm not here to plug plug my stuff because <laughs> we're here to talk to you. But um, my I have a record coming up which I've talked to you about, and uh, you were you're the you're the inspiration of the title of of my album, and uh, the you know the song won't let go, which was um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I was inspired because I think I guess when you and I started talking um through uh messaging, yeah, that I think that had to have been when you were in the middle of your move, when you were in a dark time and you had you kind mm-hmm. of expressed some things at the time. It inspired me to write that song kind of as an inspiration, uh the, you know, to you. And yeah. uh, these years later I I did I that song's gonna be on a new record I got coming up and won't let go it was focus on you know we love this too much there's too much there's so much inspiration someone like you you know maybe you might get down on times it's you've had a long musical career you've inspired so many people even more than you'll probably ever know or realize yeah you know? yeah i yeah uh, i think i was probably down on uh i think i vaguely remember this you know just down on being just feeling like a, you, you, you don't really, you're never really accomplishing anything or something like that. I think like it was just like, it felt like, like this constant hurdle that you can't climb over or something. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that a lot, actually. You know, it's something that I kind of struggle with a little bit, to be honest. You know, I get a lot of, you know, it, it, this is going to be a little deep here, but like, you know, I, there's a lot of bands out there and I kind of go like, God damn, what do, what do they have that I don't have? And I'm like, nothing. I'm like, why are they, you know, what's so fucking, why are everybody like fucking listening to this band, you know, or such and such. Right. I, I have it. And it's, it's horrible. I hate feeling that way, but I get it. You know what I mean? And so I think it's a horrible feeling and I get it kind of a lot. I think that's kind of where I was coming from, Jay, when I was talking to you. Um, Like just feeling like, God damn, like, well, what what do I have to fucking do here? Mm -hmm. You know, for uh, people to fucking notice or or something. Um, While at the same time, I don't want to do anything. It's weird. It's like a you know, it's a contradiction because I'm not the guy that's going to get up and like fucking go, Hey, everybody pay attention to me. I just want to mm. just fucking people like fucking right. notice you want your music without to having you, to yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. uh, it's, so it's frustrating for me sometimes. I think, uh, you know, the, the change, the change, the way things were for bands, like the bands you were playing in, um, you know, the different levels of bands and the way, the music has shifted. I, I find it really hard to gauge what any particular band might be doing. Cause you, you know, it's not as simple as we made records. We did this, we did that. We have labels so much of that DIY so much of that, you know, we are putting songs on the internet and how can you really track what's going on and see what's going on. And again, you've been playing since the eighties and, you know, through the two thousands, like, the world of putting out music and the way it's consumed completely went upside down. Yeah. Yeah. I can't sure. imagine how much of an effect that, that would have. For sure. And like, uh, you know, I think if you, um, build up a name in a band that like, uh, really kind of, uh, is a big thing for people. There's a lot to name, I think. So if you start yeah. again, it's like a logo yeah 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 so if you start again and like well i was telling you like i've kind of gone through a bunch of bands because okay this song doesn't fit this band so i'm going to do this now and i'm going to kind of do them both or i'm going to do this these songs with this band and these songs with that band and then the next thing you know it's just like the years go by and it's just like maybe you know you spread yourself too thin or something like that 
you know. Right. Um, but that's my story. Is like, like, you know, I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't just uh, have songs for one band because I never felt like they really fit. Like I gave you the screeching weasel example, but like there's a lot of examples, you know, of that kind of thing. So, but like I said, like. Uh, before I'm now at the point where I'm like, I don't care now. I'm just, you know, now I'm just going to like, if it doesn't sound like, like, a, like a specific niche, I just don't care. I just don't. Right. I'm just kind of tired of all that now. So it's been working so far. Three was an incredible album. <laughs> Thank I, I fell head over heels for that record and um, I'm sinking my teeth into the new record. Cool. Yeah. And, um, Let's talk about a couple of these songs, Dan. I, Robots sounds like a really fun song to play. Gabe's just pounding on the floor toms while you're striking those long chords. It seems like yeah. the kind of song you could just like jam on for a long time, you know, just kind of rock out to it for a while how'd that song come together i wrote story first and like the part of the story was the the woman saying to the to her her then husband that like you know his job isn't secure you know it's going to be you know like you think you're going to be here all the time and you don't take chances at anything and you know like this job is going to be it's going to go belly up. And he's like, no, no, my roots are here. Blah, 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 blah. I've had this job for 15 years, blah, 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 blah. And so that's kind of where it's coming from. So that's where the idea came from, you know, about robots, um, you know, robots, you know, uh, artificial intelligence kind of taking technology, kind of taking over the actual taking the job. human, human worker, you know, mm kind of taking over so um you know it came from 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 that but you know that was another one i just wrote down the words first just picked up my guitar looked at the words started kind of playing my guitar and it just kind of popped into place that's awesome so and then when i when i showed um gabe he's like yeah it seems like it needs that kind of beat i'm like yeah it does mm -hmm. and you know so showed him and he just picked it right up and it fell right in place so it was cool that's awesome and cyber world kind of takes on that like technology the internet the bad and the good of the internet yeah another song the talk which i think is just an amazing song starts off with almost a minute and a half of just vocal guitar and like maybe a hi-hat to keep time here comes the talk that dreadful talk We've been avoiding for so long. Did you ever consider trying that one acoustically and doing it that way, or was it always going to be distorted guitars and drums and stuff? Oh, uh, no, I kind of knew I wanted it like that. I wanted yeah. it like, uh, yeah, no, I just kind of how I heard it, like right off the bat. Um, awesome. And, um, you know again that was like a part of the story where like you know they're gonna have the the big talk yeah you know what i mean he's like Shh, you know <laughs> they're dreading having that conversation you know what i mean been there yeah yes incredible <laughs> so with this theme uh how important was the sequencing of the album did you labor over that for a while or did you know exactly how you wanted to set this thing up no it was a little bit it was a labor like yeah. uh <laughs> it was tough because it was like and there was a lot of songs that didn't make the record that i really liked too i'm like fuck i will you know like i was talking with my band as i was saying you know like if you need to have a good song first, right? And they're like, yes. I'm like, can I just have a song because, hey, it fits the storyline. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, that's not going to fly. You know what I mean? So the good song first, but I still want to kind of keep that flow however possible. Yeah, it was really hard, you know, to answer your question a little more directly. It just, it, it, it took a while. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta dial it in and even when i did i was still like all right not a hundred percent satisfied but it's like mm. it's about as as good as i'm gonna get that you know what i mean yeah so Enough to move on <laughs> i mean going back to what you were saying earlier you don't want to overthink it so <laughs> you probably just had to yeah. reach a point where you're like okay this is it <laughs> totally but like again i, I i'm gonna overthink it too mm-hmm. you know i'll overthink yeah. it like if I see somebody else overthinking it, I'll be like, you're overthinking it, but I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going <laughs> to overthink it. So I need yeah. somebody else to tell me I'm overthinking it. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Gets infectious. <laughs> yeah. And it's got to be like Zen. You just kind of plug in and go, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So did you record more songs for the record that didn't go on that got recorded or you just had songs that, that didn't make the cut? I actually had a couple that were recorded and they were really good too. I was really pretty stoked about them, but it just, um, just would have, there, there were more like maybe ballady. So they were like kind of slowed the record down a little too much because Mm. when we put them all together, I'm like, you know, when you listen to it, it's like, I really like this one and this one and that one. But like, you put them in that order, the next thing you're like, well, I don't know, it's going to make it sound too, a little too long, you know? Right. So you, I ran into that problem. So um, I'm hoping to uh, put out a record of outtakes yeah, and yep. kind of solve that problem that way. Besides, you know, totally. I, I think it, I think it's going to be a, a good, like if I didn't, you know the songs I just didn't like. I just pitched, but there was a there was a couple that were like, ah, oh, shit, man. Yeah, I really want this, but it just I I can't I can't find a home for it here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got a lot of songs yeah. like that, so right, yeah. right. You know, it is what it is. So Dan, tell us about the significance of the album title, Escape Velocity. Why not call the album Four? <laughs> Why not call it Four? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, it's like a metaphor for getting the fuck out. Mm. Escape velocity is a term used in physics. It's the, the velocity in which a, uh, the rocket can leave the planet. And it's like 25,000 miles an hour. So if you, ha- if you can go that fast, you can escape Earth's atmosphere. So escape velocity, it, it's, sorry, escape velocity is about in, it, I used it as a, as a metaphor, to, as in getting out as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. where that came from, and that's why the album cover has the the floorboards, you know, kind of, um, you know, and the wind kind of whipping up in the, yeah. in the curtains and everything like it's that. Cool that's cover. what that that's what that's supposed to mean. Yeah, no, that's really cool art. Uh, who did the artwork? A guy named uh justin santora who lives in chicago who i don't know but uh i have friends that know him and that he you know looking for art um he was recommended i looked at his stuff i was like yeah this guy's good cool yeah so that's nice and it's different so yeah i was um, i think he does really good stuff he's got a lot of really great stuff on his website so the album is out now on Eccentric Pop Records, digital and CD. What is going on with the vinyl? I know everyone's waiting for their vinyl. <laughs> um, we got the test pressing in um, yeah. last week, I want to say. Have another, you know, I don't know the exact release, but I mean, you guys all know that the yeah the plants are pressing plants. Oh yeah, it's oh, a yeah. Big, so backed up. Yeah. It's a big. Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. And the prices are going up. I heard. I think it should be okay. Like maybe in the next couple months from what I, what I'm gathering, it should be out, but like I could either have waited all this time for the vinyl and then release all formats together or just kind of go. Okay. Yeah. We're just going to, yeah. It's also going to be out on cassette. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, in Who's putting Mar- that out? Henry Weinger. What, what's Memorable, but not honorable. Yeah. Yeah, yes. All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us and taking us through your record. We're super psyched uh, for it. We're happy that it's out. And 
we're excited for uh, new music this summer. So yeah. we'll look forward to that. Yeah, thanks. All right, man. You All guys right. have a good night. Thanks for having me on and uh, hope to see you around. All right. Take yeah, care, Dan. Thank on. you. Take care. See you guys. Right. Have a good night. You too. All right, Jay. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Dan Vapid from Dan Vapid and the Cheats. That was a lot of fun, man. Oh, that was super fun. Thank you so much for having me and let me be a part of it. Yeah. I love to just like let the conversation go and just learn and like, you know, you learn so much from people just by talking to them and learning about what their music influences are and like where they come from. And it really kind of puts the music into perspective, you know? Oh, it totally does. You know, it's uh, sometimes it'll change, change your uh, outlook on it or confirm something you were thinking about Sure, <laughs> and it uh, can influence you. Well, I'd like to thank Dan for hanging out with us today and talking about Escape Velocity. Jay, I'd like to thank you for, for coming on and hanging out. Oh, well, I'd like to thank you for again for having me on. And uh, you do an awesome job with this podcast. And it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to be a part of it. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate that. I'd like to thank Katie Hovland for connecting me with Dan. I would like to thank my man Craig for all the things he does behind the scenes. And of course, I would like to thank Mr. Krista Makes from Less Than Jake for the theme music. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to Talking Records. Thank you for listening, supporting, interacting with the podcast. It's loads of fun to connect with you about this great music. Don't forget to check out our website. And of course, if you wouldn't mind telling a friend or two or maybe three about this podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it. All right, Jay, any last words before we end? Rock on. Rock on. I like it. Let's talk about records.